So in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, the mind of man is what we're going to be talking about. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to what God has dealt to every man, the measure of faith. Father, we thank you for your mercies and your grace. Help us, Lord God, in the word today. God, help us. Guide us and lead us, Lord, and be with us. And Lord, deal with our little congregation here, Lord God, and those that's present and those that's not with us. Be with us in a very special way and share your word to our heart and to our mind and to our soul. And God, we ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. As I read through chapter 12, and we're, we're looking at this, I want you to, to again look at what it says here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, look at what he's saying. He's saying the physical you needs to conform to the spiritual you. You need to take you and, and give yourself to God uh, and, and, and live in a worthy, acceptable manner, holy unto the Lord. That's what this means. And so there's many parts to the body, but the body is actually kind of the caboose. It's pulled along by other governing factors within us. And our soul, it says, our mind, it says, and it also talks about our spirit side of our, our, our soul. But listen to what it says. And it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the mind has to be renewed. But this is said in a passive sense, so it's not you that's doing the renewing, it's God renewing your mind. And so with the renewal of your mind, your mind, your mind when you get saved and born again, your thought life should then produce a action in your body that is approvable to the Lord. So in your mind is where this transformation is taking place. And it's not you doing the transformation. That's religion. Religion does that. Religion teaches you what to think, but then leaves you unsaved and unchanged. That's why so many of these pastors, priests, or whatever, they, they step into the pulpit because they've been trained to think a certain way and trained in the Scripture, but yet they rape little boys because their heart is not transformed. Their mind is not transformed. Their soul is unsaved. The saved person 
would not dare think of that. Do we make mistakes after we're saved? Absolutely. But conviction should set in. And conviction in your mind and in your soul is a governing force that keeps you on track. What we're dealing with, and, and throughout the Scripture, the mind of man is dealt with many, many times. I'm going to read some of it to you here in a minute. But the, the, and it's because the mind of man is such a very seriously powerful thing you can produce righteousness in your mind by your thought life. Or you can produce condemnation to yourself through your mind in your thought life. That's why Paul tells us, think on these things. And then he goes on to say, and I'll mention a few, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, and out of a good report. He goes on and on trying to get your mind to, to be like the mind of Christ, to, to understand the transformation that God is doing within you. And don't be conformed to the world. Because right now, as you can tell, the world is a very dangerous place and its thinking and its reasoning is really messed up. So we can't conform to what's going on around us. We have to live within the transformation that's took place in our minds. Understand your thoughts are being looked at and evaluated by God Himself. You say, well, how's that happen, Pastor Jay? Well, even the, the Lord said... If a man, and we'll throw a woman in there too, and just you can reverse this. If a man looks at a woman and lusts after her in his heart, he has committed adultery with her already. The act is secondary to the sin. So in your mind... When your mind sets its approval on something and thoughts begin to come... You see, it's first here, then here. And then once the heart is deceived, and once the heart is, is your, 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 your poor, unsaved heart starts leading the way, the mind then will start justifying what it's doing. That's what happens to people when they get caught up in sin of all kinds. Drinking, drugs, you name it. Gambling, you name it. Their heart desires it so the mind, which has not been transformed by the renewing that happens during salvation, then begins to create justification for the actions and desires of the heart instead of the, the transformed and renewed mind saying, no heart, that's not what we should do. This is the, the acceptable will of God. And the governing force of God does not allow you to conform to the world. So within your mind, secondary, not, I'm not talking about your actions. Your actions are secondary to this. I'm talking about in your mind, you can send yourself to hell. Hatred. Malice. Unforgiveness. All these things are mind things. 
Satan loves to play with the mind of man. And he loves to create a thought life within you. If you will allow him, that will be his playground in your mind. It's a proven fact that for everything except for involuntary things like the blink of an eye and your heart beating, that you first have to think on something to do it. If you go to reach for that bottle, I have to... There's a bottle there. All this stuff happens in this supercomputer that God put in us. There's a bottle there. It has liquid in it. I'm going to reach for it. I'm going to take a drink of this. And then we'll set it back down. If I say pencil, you see that in your mind. If I say elephant, you see that in your mind. Your mind is such a powerful thing that if it's left uncontrolled, it's what's created world disasters. It's the mind of brilliant people that's created nuclear weapons. The whole while that they're creating it, the mind is creating something that can destroy all of mankind. How do you justify that? Think about that. So your mind is such a serious thing that God said, we're going to have to do something to protect it. So if you look at the armor of God, as mentioned in the book of Ephesians, we have the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is not to keep you from bumping your head. It's to keep your thought life correct and not allow an unholy influence into your mind. Because if Satan can control your mind and your mindset, he has captured you fully. Anybody can have desires. We all have desires that come from our heart, from our soul. But our mind keeps us from acting on things because we, our minds should, should say, well, if you do this, this is going to happen. But the helmet of salvation is to protect your mind from the wiles of the devil and to create a sphere around you of the Word of God. So when you put the helmet of salvation on, you are putting on the Word of God in your mind. It is so essential that Christian people know the Word that it's in their mind as well as in their heart. Verse 2, like I said, is a, a passive statement which shows us that it's not us doing the transformation, but it's God doing that within you. And you have to be a willing participant in this. I'm going to read to you some stuff. In Matthew chapter 22, I have no ink in my computer, so we're going to do this the old-fashioned way. Matthew chapter 22 as I'm turning back to this, I'm going to read to you some stuff. 
This is what it says. I'm going to read up to verse 33. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at Jesus' doctrine. But when the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And listen, with all your mind. With all your mind. Your mind has to be in love with Christ. In your mind, you have to desire the Word of God. In your mind, you have to desire the will of God for your life. If you place no preeminence on the will of God in your own mind, you will not live the will of God. Your mind will, will, will alter its course and go do what your treasure is in this life. Never forget that. Your mind. Your mind. Jesus said you had to love the Lord with all your heart. Listen to this again. I want to read this. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now I want to read something else to you in the book of Mark. And it's over in chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and I'm turning to it. Again, usually I have these typed out, so I don't have to do that. Mark chapter 5, and this is what it says. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadareans. Now this was the possessed man. And when he was come out of the ship, speaking of Jesus, immediately... There met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that had been, uh, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken into pieces, neither could any man tame him. So this man had superhuman strength. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Lots of people cut themselves. Lots of people purposely injure themselves. Or they gouge themselves. And they put things in their bodies. That's very demonic, according to the Word of God. Because your body is the temple of the Lord. It is the temple of God, not made by man's hands. And the Bible says your body does not belong to you. Therefore, you shouldn't treat it maliciously because God gave it to you to house your soul. That's what you own. That's all you own. In the whole world, that's all you own. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. 
and cried with a loud voice and said, this is a demon speaking. What have I to do with you, Jesus? Thou Son of the Most High God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And Jesus said, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? And the demon answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. This was not the man's name. Somebody said, well, the dude's name was Legion. I said, man, you don't know the word. That's the demons talking. Legion. Because we are many. There was hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of demons in this man. Within him. Controlling him. He was cutting himself. He was gouging himself. He spent his days and nights in the tombs amongst the dead. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there were nearby in the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. Because they're always looking for a host. Satan and his demonic hordes, and always remember this, are always looking for a host in which to stay. Why there's nothing more mission accomplished in the devil's doctrine book than to inhabit a body that's made in the image of God. Do you see why your body should be kept clean and holy? Why the transforming of your mind, the renewal of your mind should, why you should uh, give to God your body as a sacrifice holy unto the Lord? Oh, Satan loves nothing more than to possess a person, come into a person and live and defile what is the image of God. This church isn't where God lives. You're the church. You. The believer. And so. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 pigs that died. And they were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And when they come to Jesus and see Him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in His right mind, and they were afraid. In his right mind. I want you to know that there is, and I, I read this to you because you can see as we read through that scripture that Satan was affecting the mind of this man. He was doing things 
that made absolutely no sense. He was doing things that were evil and exactly opposite of what a sane person would do. So when you see people's behavior and you watch and look at the abnormal behavior out there in the world today that's being widely accepted by the church, you can see that the mind of the church is being conformed to the world which is run by the devil. This man was not in his right mind, but when Jesus delivered this man, he was in his right mind. Satan can mess with your mind. Satan can get in your thought life and lead you down paths of destruction. Over in the book of Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to stop with this one. Romans 1, 24 through 32 says this. I want you to listen at, there are three separate times, and we've preached this before, there are three separate times where God gave them up. These types of people. Because their mind was so messed up. Their way of thinking was so messed up. I want you to understand, and this is critical to Christianity and to the Christian, just because you think something through and you think it's right doesn't mean it conforms with God's will. God's will does not change with your will. God doesn't okay something because you okay something. Do you understand? God's will exists and our mind is supposed to conform to that. He doesn't okay it because you said it's okay. Matter of fact, that's what gets people in trouble most of the time. Now I want you to listen to this. In Romans, I'm going to go up through, I'm going to lengthen this just a little bit. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. This is in verse 21. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, folks, right here, right up here, in their imaginations. This is the old King James Version. And it says, and their foolish heart was darkened. Look at, the tra- look at the, how this word puts it. They became vain in their imaginations. Where's imaginations at? Then their hearts became dark. Do you see how that worked? They were jacked up up here, and now their hearts messed up. Listen to this. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Suddenly, these people think they're spiritual, they think they're right, they think that they're okay, but God's in heaven going, 
Just because you say it's okay doesn't mean I said it's okay. And you're getting ready to condemn yourself. I'm never going to save you because of the things you're doing. This is what he's getting ready. This is what he's telling these people. Because of the things you do, I'm not even going to give you another opportunity. God is locking these people out of heaven. Listen. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Listen, number one, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. Their minds justifying their sins. Change the truth into a sin, into a lie. And worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. They took, left God out of the picture and began to worship animals and totems and beasts. For this cause, number two, God gave them up unto vile affections. For their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman at sex. Burned in their lust one to another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving to themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. God said, you know what? Your mind is so messed up that you can't see the way you're made, woman, and the way you're made, man, and see that I made you this way to procreate, to have marriage, to have children and a family. When you're so blind and darkened in the mind, God's saying, I got no use for you. Now we readily accept this behavior these days. It's in every commercial you see. God said, I'm done with that. You want a quick ticket to hell? Be that. And you ain't getting saved. I'm glad I didn't say that. God said He gave them up. When God gives up, this is what this means. To everyone that gives, gets saved, it is because God is reaching the hand. And the Bible, Bible says we must be wooed by the Spirit of God. When God stops dealing with you, you should be very afraid. If you have no convictions left, <laughs> be very afraid. If doing evil bothers you not, be very afraid. Listen, there's one more left. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, I want you to hear this. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. 
to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness. God says a reprobate mind does the following things. Unrighteousness. Things that, are, that people do that are outside the right standing of God. Fornication. That's adultery for a single person. Wickedness. Covetousness. Maliciousness. Full of envy. Murder. Debate. Deceit. Malignity. Whisperers. Backbiters. Haters of God. Despiteful. Proud boasters. Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Without understanding. Covenant breakers. Without natural affection. Implacable. Unmerciful. Who knowing the judgment of God. That they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in those that do them. And I like to throw that little caveat, that last little statement is extremely important. But have pleasure in them that do these things. Want to know why you shouldn't hang around folks that do, does this stuff? Because of that little caveat. Listen. And I'm going to close. The restored mind of a man who's saved should take no pleasure in that which is evil. The renewed mind, the refurbished mind, should be uncomfortable around a drunk person. Not because you're better. Not at all. But because those are the ways of evil. It should produce in you. Just like the book of Revelation says, come out from amongst them, my people. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you allow your mind to okay things, that are evil, your heart will, you will start to lose your convictions. And those are very dangerous things to lose.